and welcome to the Narrow Road Podcast, a place to share the journey of walking with God on the narrow road that leads to life. I hope that you find rest and encouragement here, but above all, the awareness that you're not alone on the way. Welcome back to another episode of the Narrow Road Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Bowyer, and it is my great pleasure to be back with you this evening. Today, I wanted to talk about excellence. I love the word. I love the idea. I love the form. I love the lived reality of excellence being spe- being seen and spotted in another person's life. I love to call it out. And I feel like it's a topic that actually runs consistently through the Bible and is often overlooked or maybe undervalued or just we have a lot of other things to talk about. So excellence isn't always one of them that gets our attention. But for me, it's always been something that's stood out to me because I think something inside me has this gravitation towards excellence in life, excellence in everything. Not that we automatically start out in any area of our life excellent, but that the, the, the development of excellence in our life, the drive, the pull towards being great at something or great at many things. And I think maybe that was something that was developed in me and in, in my house and my family. I'm not sure. Like I can't really remember ever being taught to be excellent or to pursue excellence Maybe it was just something I was born with, a desire or a fascination around at least. And I wanted to talk about it, honestly. I just wanted to see what the Bible says. And I'm coming off of a couple of days away with my husband at a really lovely resort in a part of New Zealand we enjoy going to because it's just really gorgeous and And the facility, there was a lot of excellence in the facility. There was a lot of excellence in the food. And then on our way home, we were were in the car and we were talking about Martin Luther King Jr. And he's someone that I've always, always looked up to for a large amount of reasons, as I'm sure that's the case for any of us. But when you listen to his speeches back, there is so much excellence in his speech and how he speaks and what he says in the manner in which he communicates, the, the way in which he lived his life. There's so much excellence in him. And so we, we decided to listen to one of his speeches, actually. And there was this profound theme on excellence that he was speaking about, which I thought, wow, that's... That's, that's kind of in line with things I had been thinking and saying myself recently. And so, yeah, just feeling inspired. I feel like we should talk about it. We should talk about excellence, what that is, what that looks like, what that feels like, um, how to see it in ourselves, how to see it in others, how to call it out of ourselves. So let's go ahead and dive in to the concept of excellence. Okay, so as we dive in here, I wanted to start out with the trusty dictionary. You can't go wrong with the dictionary because <laughs> sometimes it makes clearer a term that we have ill-defined for ourselves. And it's just good to go straight to the basics of what what was this word created to mean? What does it mean? Just pure and simple. 
So, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, excellence is the quality of being outstanding or extremely good. A plural noun for it is excellences. It is also understood to be an outstanding feature or quality. So, yeah, it's just being outstanding, standing out in something that you do, you are, you express, you, you make. Um, yeah, you have the ability to stand out and, and or are extremely good at something. What I found very interesting is in Google, it shows you the use over time of a word, how frequently a word was used in common everyday speak and written about and, and yeah, just commonly used. And it looks like, according to this timeline that they have, is in the early to mid to late 1800s, the word excellence was constantly in the English language. It was used to describe things or people all the time. And then you see this massive drop. It just starts dropping like crazy into the early 1900s, basically plateauing very, very low in the 1950s. And it's only just in the, the timeline goes all the way to 2019. It's only just beginning to sort of come back. And it's very, very narrowly. I mean, it is not even a fraction of as, as, as relatively used or as commonly used right now in modern day speak as it was in the 1800s. And I think that that's interesting because even that sort of goes to show the reality of you know, not only does terminology change, but what we value changes and what we see in ourselves, what we're pursuing, perhaps, the pursuit of excellence. I wonder if the fact that it is dropped out of the English language, is it a, is it evidence that excellence has left the building or the, the, the desire for excellence? Or is it, you know, it's like, the, if we talk about it less, do we create it less? Or is it because we create it less that we talk about it less? It's just very interesting to me um, that excellence isn't as commonly used in the English language as it used to be. But I digress. That was just something that really surprised me as I found that. I want to read a scripture to us now, and it's it's just a short scripture. It's out of Titus chapter 2, verse 7, and Titus is a book written by the Apostle Paul. And in chapter 2, he's actually sort of laying the groundwork for what a good church should look like, what a healthy church should look like. And um, the scripture is Titus 2, verses, verse 7. And Paul is writing and saying, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity and dignity. Now, obviously, he's talking to men and women who are building churches, who are creating the foundation of the church worldwide at this time. So keep it in context to who he's speaking to, but nevertheless, I mean, it's clear that that is something we can all, you know, attribute to our own lives or, or, or strive for in our own lives. Show yourself in all respects, all respects, to be a model of good works, and in your teaching, show integrity and dignity. Again, these are words, integrity. That's a word that I live by. I think it's it's one of the most important character traits a person could ever have. And yet I feel like it's another one of these words that I'd like to type into Google and see how much it may have dropped out of the common English vernacular to know how much, how, how what kind of value are we putting on integrity, on being people of integrity or people of excellence. 
then I started thinking about excellent characters in the Bible, and Daniel quickly came to mind. And just as a brief um, rewind into who Daniel was, Daniel was captured by the Babylonians, which was a massive empire in the day. This is way B.C., way before Jesus and biblical history. And the Jews had been scattered, and Nebuchadnezzar was the leader of the Babylonians. He was a, he was a big, he was a king. He was not, not a very good person. Um, he was making his way to destroying Jerusalem at this time. And Daniel was a man that found great favor with the king because he, number one, he was living in a foreign land. He was captured, taken to this foreign land where they worshipped idols and gods he knew nothing about. And he stayed true to his faith. He stayed true to his identity no matter what it cost him. This was a man of, of deep integrity, we could argue. But he found favor with this king because he, he had spiritual wisdom and discernment to know how to interpret dreams and give messages from those dreams to the king that if the king listened to, he either found, you know, he found success or he found destruction. And there's so many very wild stories. I highly recommend the book of Daniel if you just want to read something where God has just used a man to do some extraordinary things to overcome some unbelievable circumstances. This is where the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego story come out. Very, very famous story there of, of men that were thrown into fire, a furnace, literally thrown into a massive furnace, and they weren't, they weren't consumed by fire. They didn't die. And it's so interesting, just as a side note, a little caveat here, but those, those three men that were thrown into the fire when they came out, obviously it stunned all involved in the process that these men weren't turned to ash as anyone should have and would have. But also it said in particular in the Bible, it says that they did not even smell of smoke. Now that is cool. That is wild. That is Jesus, right? Not only did God not let fire do what fire naturally does uh, to these men who, who stayed close to God during their um, being seized in a foreign land, not only did they not get burned, not get killed, but they didn't even smell like fire when they came out of the furnace. So, yeah, wow. Highly recommend the book of Daniel. Go read it if you just want to enmesh yourself in the wonders of what a life lived in the, in the fullness of God's glory <laughs> against all odds can look like. And also what integrity and excellence in a person's life can ultimately create not only for himself, but what it ultimately created for the nation of Israel after, long after he died, what his legacy sort of afforded them. So let me dive in now. We're going to segue off into a little bit of what Martin Luther King Jr. had said in one of his speeches. Okay, so the speech that we were listening to today on our drive home from our anniversary getaway was the speech, it's a very famous speech that Martin Luther King gave actually only about six months before his assassination. He was speaking to a group of high school students in Pennsylvania who were soon to graduate. And the title of this speech was, What is Your Life's Blueprint? And it was, it was a inspirational speech to young people, but it was very much relevant to anyone and everyone listening and still extremely relevant to today. 
and he is talking about building the structure of our lives. What are those building blocks? What should be the guideposts that we live our lives from, that we build out of, like a blueprint would help cast a vision for? And I want to just read a couple passages of what he says. Martin Luther King, obviously the great civil rights leader of his age, of, of the world over for American history, incredible, incredible Baptist preacher, just an incredible man of God and wisdom and a man of excellence, if I've ever seen one. And I want to just read a couple of these passages. So here we go. He says, I want to suggest some of the some of the things that should begin your life's blueprint. Number one in your life's blueprint should be a deep belief in your own dignity, your worth, and your own somebodiness. Don't allow anybody to make you feel that you're nobody. Always feel that you count. Always feel that you have worth and always feel that your life has ultimate significance. I mean, you could sit on that for forever. Even the Bible, and the Bible shows this so clearly through the great and mighty things God did through individuals, men and women alike, these unique sort of patriarchs and matriarchs of our faith of, of biblical history where he used one person to change the whole course of a generation for the better. Think of Esther, you think of David, you think of Daniel. There's just these incredible people, just the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. If these people didn't have a deep belief in their own dignity, their own worth, and their own somebodiness, if they didn't also have a deep faith and conviction in God, how little could they have accomplished compared to what they did? There is, there is a voice in this world that really wants to keep people small, keep people insignificant. And, and I believe that God isn't afraid of us being big. My, my pastor, Bill, um, from my old church in California, used to say, you know, I'm not afraid of building big people. I don't want to see big churches. I want to see big people, people who know who they are in God and who walk in that confidently. And I think that goes straight into what this this speech is driving home by Martin Luther King. Believe in your own dignity, your own worth, and your own somebodiness. I am somebody. Secondly, he says, in your life's blueprint, you must have as the basic principle the determination to achieve excellence in your various fields of endeavor. You're going to be deciding as the days, as the years unfold, what you will do in life, what your life's work will be. Set out to do it well. Set out to do it well. Then he quotes Ralph Waldo Emerson from a lecture that he gave in 1871, where he said, if a man can write a book better or preach a better sermon or make a better mousetrap than his neighbor, even if he builds his house in the woods, the world will make a beaten path to his door. So good. It's so, so, so good. The power of excellence, the power of stepping out and doing something, doing anything with this sense of, I want to be outstanding. I will be outstanding. I will be extremely good. Mm. He says, when you discover what you will be in your life, set out to do it as if God Almighty called you at this particular moment in history to do it. Don't just set out to do a good job. Set out to do such a good job that the living, the dead, or the unborn couldn't do it any better. 
so, so, so good. The power and the beauty of excellence. Where is that in society? I still believe, whether we talk about it or not, or acknowledge it or not, it is still here. It is amongst us. It might be hidden. But as Ralph Waldo Emerson said, those who seek to do excellence in their life, the whole world will find you no matter where you are. So encouraging. Such, such encouragement. Going back to Daniel, in the book of Daniel 6.3, the book of Daniel chapter 6, verse 3, it says, Then Daniel became distinguished above all the other presidents because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. It's interesting to me because what I don't see often is the people God has used in this life striving for greatness. It's more that they possess an excellent spirit. It's that they would do so well doing the small things that they would then be trusted to do big things. It's not that they're seeking and clawing for it. It's just that they're faithful. They're faithful in every realm of their life to pursue what it is that they are, what is in front of them, their disciplines, their goals, their passions, their hobbies, their, their life. They just live their life excellently from an excellent spirit. And they, they, attack anything in front of them, no matter how small it is, with an excellent attitude and an excellent approach. And that sort of paves the way for their heart and their character to be shown to the Lord as someone that he can trust that with anything given, the greater measure of opportunity or responsibility given to them, they would handle it with the same level of care and the same level of excellence. And so I believe excellence is, it's like a muscle that we develop and we test it by how we approach everyday things, little things, how we wash the dishes, how we vacuum the floor, how we uh, speak to people in conversation, how we carry ourselves, how we invest in our own, our own growth. Um, all of these things, they seem small, they seem relatively insignificant because they're not, pro- they're not bringing great reward. They're not opening these doors. And, but it's, it's more of like the spirit that you live from. And when you live from that spirit, you'll know it because it manifests itself in how you do just simple everyday things. Mm. Yeah. So in closing, I just want to read a couple scriptures over us that I hope invigorate our our minds towards towards excellence, towards seeing the nobility of it, to seeing the value of it, to maybe bring this word back into the English language and into the common vernacular as ways we describe ourselves and others, as ways we, we try to live. We live by the standard of excellence. We create a standard of excellence for ourselves. If no one else gives it to you, that you carve it down deep, that you want to be outstanding at, at being a person at being uh, a street sweeper, as Martin Luther King's speech goes on to, to talk about, at being whatever you are, whoever you are, however you are, that you place a higher value on excellence than maybe society does anymore. Let's read a couple of scriptures together. In Philippians 4, 8, he writes, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, 
whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Meditate on excellence. Meditate on what you see that is excellent. Meditate on what you see someone doing that is excellent. Meditate, think about what is honorable. Think about, fill your mind with what is just. Fill your mind with pure things. What, what do you see that's pure? I have a cat. I have a cat that comes around, neighborhood cat. It just seems so pure, so lovely, so wonderful. I think about that cat. It gets me in a good mood. Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, Think about these things. Think about things that are worthy of praise. Fill your mind with these things. It has a way of just sharpening your thoughts, your perspective, um, growing these, that, these things which you think about. It grows within you. When you think about what is just, suddenly you're seeing that you become more just. Whatever's honorable, suddenly you're living in a way where you value honor and you're trying to live more honorably than maybe you ever have before. What we think about, we become. What we, what we behold, we become, right? Mm. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 says this. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in the act of grace also. Spiritual excellence excelling in the fruits of the spirit, excelling in your spiritual disciplines, excelling in faith. You know, you can excel in your faith. <laughs> you can have excellent faith in speech. You can have an excellent manner of speaking, not only in how you speak, but what you speak. You can speak life. You can speak encouragement and exhortation. You can be excellent in this, excellent in your knowledge, your biblical knowledge, your, 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 your natural knowledge. And in all earnestness, you can be excellent in your convictions. That's what earnestness is. It's conviction, intense conviction. Did you know you can be excellent in these ways? Sometimes we think of excellence as just what we do with our hands and what we create or excellent in our job. No, you can actually be excellent in speech, excellent in stature. Mm. And finally, in Philippians chapter 1, Verses 9 and 10 says, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and be so pure and blameless for the day of Christ. By living excellently, you can approve of what also is excellent. You will see it. You'll see it so clearly. You'll approve of it in others. You'll celebrate it in others. Oh, and finally, I had one other verse. Sorry, didn't mean to mix it out. Going back into the Old Testament for a moment. This is out of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, written by King Solomon, uh, chapter 22, verses, verse 29. And it says, Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Goes back into that, that, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson quote by Martin Luther King, if you write a book better or preach a sermon better or make a mousetrap better, even if you build your house in the woods, the world will make a beaten path to, the, to your door. Mm. Proverbs 22 says, do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. He's saying that's a promise. That's, that's a reality. If you are skillful, if you are excellent in how you conduct yourself, it's like the world will find you. 
It's weird. It's interesting. It's an interesting concept, especially for myself speaking currently from a place of obscurity, right? But you, it's something that you just sort of rest in and wonder about. But yeah, I don't know. And I don't think you're excellent to be seen by kings. I don't, I don't, I don't know that that's integrity, right? I don't think we do to receive or we, uh, we, we grow in character so that other people will celebrate us. It says, well, the Bible says, do these good works and, and make your light shine before men so that they would see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven, right? That's, that's if you're going to earn anything, if you're going to do anything well, it should be for the glory of God, not for the glory of yourself. But it's just interesting, all these little promises sort of hidden inside the word and hidden in these ways that say, things happen inside of excellence. The world is crying out and actually attracted to excellence whether it acknowledges acknowledges it or seeks it out or talks about it much. It needs it. I love being in excellent places or around excellent people or experiencing excellent just moments. And so, yeah, I've probably said excellent about 45 times today in this episode, but I want to I bring it back. I want to bring the word back. I want it to be more commonly used and seen for what it is, the value that it is. And I hope that this episode today has just maybe got you thinking, where in my life am I excellent? Where in my life could I be excellent? Do I value excellence? Do I value, do I believe in myself, right? It goes back into that first point of his speech that you have to believe you're worth it. You have to believe that you are somebody. Because if you don't think, if you just think you're small and insignificant and why does it even matter, then, then there, there really isn't a reason to feel excellent. You have to actually believe that you are a dignified person worthy of being outstanding. And that's where our identity in Christ becomes so clear and so important because it defines who we are, how we see ourselves, that we see ourselves as a son, as a daughter of the Most High God, that we are son of royalty. And when you understand who you actually are, then excellence just makes sense. It's the natural outpouring of that reality. So I bless you today to walk in excellence, to stir up that virtue in your heart, to, 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 to lean into integrity, to let it pour out of you. And I thank you for listening to this episode of the Narrow Road Podcast. And as always, I will be back with you for another episode tomorrow. Thank you and bye-bye.